0: Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. Joining us today is Dr. Jill Cruz, ready to answer your medical questions. Dr. Cruz's specialty is family medicine. She works as a hospitalist with the Brookings Health System and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Cruz. Good morning. Good to be here. This crisp fall morning. It definitely feels like fall. It does feel like fall, which is lovely. And I have to say, today is one of my favorite days of the year. For those local people I know you've been hearing about, Share the Warmth, and Mm. that is happening today. So I love this day. So today I'll be headed over there. It's... um, It's an amazing project I've been involved with for a while now um, here in Brookings, and it's just so fun to see how all these resources in our community come together, all these coats and snow pants um, and donations come show up, and then we're able to – get those out to people who need them today. So yes, that is such a wonderful program. I'm so glad that's here in Brooklyn. Yeah, we'll likely give out a thousand coats today. Wow. So <laughs> it's pretty incredible. So thank you to all of you listening because it obviously takes all of us to make these things happen. So thank you to all of you who've donated and big thank you to Bob for being a great supporter and getting the word out about Share the Warmth. I know that's so helpful. So I love today. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a great day today and... Uh, And just in time, right, with this fall crisp weather that we're getting to experience. Well, Dr. Cruz, we have a question to dive into right away this morning, a good one. How do you feel about the RSV shot for senior citizens over 65 years of age?
1: Well, I am a big fan and proponent of any vaccine. The RSV one, I think, is a very good one. Generally, it's been given to children, but now we're giving it to adults um, we have noticed that we've seen more h- adults hospitalized since COVID with RSV. I've seen it. And I think part of that is because we're able to test for it now. There's a, a respiratory panel that tests for like 10 common respiratory viruses, and RSV is one of them. Yeah. And we used to think that, oh, RSV is really dangerous in kids. It causes like a croup, this nasty cough, and we think, oh, everyone gets it as a kid, and by the time you're an adult, it's no big deal. But we are seeing lots of adults hospitalized with it. Um, According to CDC, between um, 60,000 and 160,000 hospitalizations each year with RSV and 6,000 to 10,000 deaths for adults 65 and older. So this definitely is a something to be concerned about and it's not just quote-unquote another cold or a Mm -hmm. bad cold Mm -hmm. so it definitely can be uh, significant in adults in that age group so despite the fact that you probably had rsv when you were a child you know that immunity wears off and it can be pretty severe especially if you have any other um, conditions any respiratory conditions you know COPD asthma you know chronic bronchitis emphysema Um, You have diabetes, you have, you know, you're frail in a nursing home or something where you're, you know, around a lot of other people where these respiratory illnesses can kind of spread like wildfire. So, you know, anyone that has a chronic health condition where their immune system is down, you've been, you know, you're getting treatment for cancer, you're immunosuppressed with that. That would all be wonderful reasons to get the RSV vaccine, especially over, actually it's age 60 and up can get the vaccine as an adult.
0: Okay. All right. There are a few vaccines that can be on our radar right now, right? We have yes. the RSV RCB, vaccine,
1: yep. COVID, mhm,
0: yep, and the um flu vaccine as and well, right? Vaccine, yep. So it's kind of Is RSV similar mm-hmm. to flu where like now is the time to get it? It's a Correct. seasonal one, so mm-hmm. now now is the Yep. And
1: again, COVID has kind of disrupted our seasons for both RSV and flu. They're not coming at their predicted Mm -hmm. typical times anymore. Our flu season has shifted to be a lot earlier in the year. It used to peak pretty much second week of February. We could predict it like clockwork. It would come since COVID. It has shifted earlier. So now it's hitting like late December, early January is where we're getting our peaks now that we're seeing. So we used to tell people, "Oh, hold off, hold off. And then you'll have, you know, Community, you know, later in the season in
0: February, but now that it's shifted, I would say now is a great time to get that flu shot. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that question about RSV and, uh, sounds like it's, it's a good, good thing to explore if someone's recommending you get it. So that's great. Well, it's time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical
2: Group. Did you know that breast cancer death rates have declined 40% from 1989 to 2016 among women? The progress is attributed to the improvement in early detection. Breast cancer is most common in women, but can also be found in men. Anyone who notices changes in the breasts, such as skin texture, tenderness, lumps, or discharge, should be examined by their provider. Women are encouraged to have a mammogram every one to two years, starting at age 40. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Please talk with your provider about your breast health and other health concerns by calling the Avera Medical Group, Brookings, at 605 697 9500. Welcome back
0: to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call with your questions at 605 692 1430. 605-692-1430. Dr. Cruz, another question came in. They're asking, what happens if you mix ibuprofen and Tylenol together? Would that produce stronger pain relief?
1: Uh, well, they you can take them together. I mean, they're, they work on different uh, areas or with different mechanisms, so it's you're not going to overdose by taking that at the same time. Tylenol is mainly what co- we call an antipyretic, so it's really great at lowering fevers. Okay. Ibuprofen is an anti-inflammatory. It's an NSAID, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory, so it brings down inflammation. So it's working more on the cytokines. So um, you would attack the pain in two different ways. A lot of times we'll tell people to kind of alternate the two, especially with young kids, to keep fevers down. Uh, That way when something, you know, the Tylenol dose is kind of ramping up and kicking in, you know, and starts to wear off, you can give the ibuprofen and that's kicking in when the other one wears off. So you kind of get this um, continuous Mm -hmm. coverage. Uh, But if you're not using it for fevering, you know, you could. You could try it and see how it works. There's nothing wrong with it. Just making sure that you don't. Um, go over the recommended dose. So for Tylenol or acetaminophen is its generic name, uh, which you want to look at cough and cold medications, a lot of them have acetaminophen in them already. So you have to worry about overdosing on on that Tylenol. Mm, mm -hmm. Um, For basically healthy adults, 4,000 Um, milligrams or four grams you can take in a day. For older adults or people with kidney issues, we cut that back to 3,000 milligrams or three grams. So um, you want to pay attention to that. With ibuprofen, um, you can take that up to four times a day. Prescription strength is 600 to 800 milligrams at a time. Um, The over-the-counter is 200 milligram tablets is what most ibuprofen doses come in. And that you don't want to take more than four times a day. Again, that gets really hard on the stomach, Mm -hmm. and that can cause uh, bleeding, gastric ulcers. So um, if you're taking them together, at the same time, you may end up, unfortunately, running out of, you know, doses before you run out of daylight or run out of day. Mm-hmm. So you do have to be careful with that so, so you don't overdose on both of those. And again, look, if you're taking other things, cough and cold medication with it, look at the box to see if there is additional ibuprofen or acetaminophen in them so you take that into your total daily dose.
0: Okay. You mentioned it might be hard on your stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is it important to eat something? I feel like I've heard mix- yeah. some of that. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's important to eat or make sure we're drinking water or something right. with it. What yeah. Are ibuprofen,
1: especially um, with food, Tylenol is a lot, a little bit gentler. Okay, on things and has fewer interactions with other medications. Okay, um, so if you need something that's more gentle, I would say Tylenol is probably your better bet. Um, if ibuprofen doesn't agree with you, Naproxen is another NSAID, so another non-steroidal anti-inflammatory that you d- is dosed twice a day. So usually taking it twice a day, a little less hard on the stomach, but also can if again extended daily use ibuprofen we really don't like people taking on a scheduled times more than um for two weeks straight if you're taking it every you know four times a day or three times a day you don't want to do that for more than two weeks
0: or you will likely end up with some stomach issues okay so what about like Every night. Maybe you have hip pain or something at night when you're going to bed. If you take it once Once, a night, I think that should be okay. There's a lot of
1: people that do take like a Tylenol right before bed or an ibuprofen before bed. Mm -hmm. So once a day dosing that shouldn't cause any chronic, again, especially if you take with a little bit of food. Mm -hmm. So there's something in the stomach to kind of help coat.
0: You mentioned they have different mechanisms. So mm-hmm. do people respond differently? Like if you try taking Tylenol and mm-hmm. the pain's not going away. Try ibuprofen. Yep. Yeah. Try something else. Because
1: like I said, Tylenol is designed really to take down fevers. It's not specifically designed for pain. That's more of kind of a, a happy accident that it causes that. But its okay. main goal is to take down fever.
0: Okay. Good to know. Now this person they were asking specifically about pain relief. It mm-hmm. says would that produce stronger pain relief? So it looks like they're searching for stronger pain relief. Yes. Other than uh, Tylenol or ibuprofen mm-hmm. option, what other options I mean I don't we don't know exactly what the right. pain is where the from, pain is or what it's from. But what are some other things? common things to explore for pain relief. So I like the lidocaine patches that you
1: can get over the counter. Um, They are 4% lidocaine. You just stick them where you want and they can stay there for up to 12 hours. So that can give you kind of a, especially if it's like a joint, like a hip or a knee or a back, they work really great for that sort of pain. And that's just an over-the-counter thing? It's an over-the-counter. There is a prescription version that costs, you know, 10 times more Okay. Um, For 5% lidocaine. So I don't think that 1% really gives you that dramatic of an improvement in pain to justify the increased cost. So I would start with the 4% over the counter, if that works great. Mm -hmm. If you say it works a little, but I need just a smidge more, talk with your doctor. There is a prescription version of it that's a little bit stronger. Okay. But for the vast majority of people, that 1% is not going to be significant Mm -hmm. to justify the cost difference. Mm -hmm. Unless you have amazing insurance that pays 100% of your medications, then it would be worth it instead of paying out of pocket. Or if you have a health savings, Mm-hmm. account using that to buy it out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a laticane patch. Mm-hmm. Laticane, laticane patch is option. one. There is also a um, cream or a, a gel out there called Voltaren. That is diclofenac. That is also an anti-inflammatory, non but it comes in a cream form. So again, if you don't want to be swallowing a bunch of pills or you're already taking a lot of pills, that's really great for, again, um, shoulders, elbows, knees, hips, mm-hmm. any big joints, You can put that on. um, Sometimes for backs, I'll use it as well. But it's just a cream that you rub it. um, I use that for people that really don't want to swallow pills. Mm -hmm. Again, it used to be prescription only. It recently, in the last couple of years, went over the counter, which is great. Mm -hmm.
0: Also for cost savings and for accessibility for it. Mm -hmm. Are each of these these... Uh, in my mind, they sound kind of topical. Mm-hmm. So each of these, can they be combined with Tylenol and Ibuprofen? Yep. That's all. Okay. should be able to
1: combine mm-hmm. them. Um, when you're doing anything topical, it generally stays pretty localized to where you use it or put it. And that way, you know, when you're taking a pill, it has to go through your entire body. It mm-hmm. doesn't know. When you swallow the pill, it doesn't need know that it needs to go to your knee because that's where it hurts. It goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. When you're using something topical, you put it right where you need it. Mm -hmm. You know, if those things aren't working, that's why a lot of our pain modalities are injections where we put the medicine right where the pain is. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. you know, getting the pain where it needs to be, because like I said, pills are dumb. They don't know where they're (laughs) supposed to go. They don't know where your body has the pain. It goes, you know, it's ingested, absorbed through the intestines into the bloodstream and then goes throughout your entire body. And a lot of times with the liver, Uh, medications have to do a first-pass effect where they go to the liver, either get changed, broken down into their active substance, or sometimes the liver will, unfortunately, gobble up the good stuff, and then we lose that. Mm -hmm. So um, you only get a partial effect of what you take. So things that are topical tend to be a lot more, you need less to get the same effect as you would with something orally.
0: Okay. All right. Great question on... Pain relief and Tylenol and ibuprofen. Yes. Thanks, to Dr. Cruz, for those comments. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605 692 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: Did you know that someone in the United States has a heart attack every 40 seconds? A heart attack happens when a part of the heart muscle doesn't get enough blood. You might hear a heart attack called an MI, or myocardial infarction. The more time that passes without treatment to restore blood flow, the greater the damage to the heart muscle. If you have pain in your chest, call for help. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Group, Brookings, 697-9500.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605 692 1430. 605 692 1430. Before the break, we had a question come in about Tylenol and ibuprofen and pain management. Uh, Dr. Cruz, we had a follow-up question on that. What about aspirin? So aspirin
1: uh, can be used. I generally um, see aspirin prescribed more for heart protection um, as it is more of an antiplatelet action. So, yeah, will it help? Yes. Um, A lot of people sometimes will use aspirin or Tylenol or ibuprofen or Advil as a generic term for any medication that they take for pain relief. And for me, knowing about, you know, Maximum doses or interactions or other medications they're taking, sometimes they'll say, what dose? Do you know how many milligrams it is? So sometimes you can tease out. If they tell me it's 325 milligrams or 650, I, I say, oh, you're taking Tylenol. <laughs> you're taking acetaminophen. Sure. That comes in those doses. Or extra strength comes in 500 milligrams. Um, ibuprofen comes in 200 milligrams generally. Yeah, aspirin comes in 81 or... Um, 162 milligrams or, you know, so usually I can tell if you can tell me what milligrams it is, I can tell which medication it is because thankfully they were smart enough to give each of them very distinct doses. So yeah. I can tell apart. part.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, you know, you can try and I would say, see what works for your body because not everyone's body reads the textbook. Mm-hmm. So if something works well for you, great. You know, we try to go off of, best practices for populations, but you are not a population, you are an individual. So we need to find out what works for you. Mm -hmm.
0: That's a good point that all of these medicines, even though to some of us who aren't in medicine, they all kind of sound the same, Tylenol, ibuprofen, aspirin, like they all... We don't, we don't study, we don't understand how different they really are. So when we do go in and we have to share that information with our physicians uh, to know what we're taking, maybe bring the bottle along or whatever. So we um, are giving you guys accurate information. Yes. And
1: unfortunately there's a brand name and a generic name Mm. and... Yeah, sometimes there's multiple brand names. You know, ibuprofen versus Motrin versus Aleve versus you
0: know. I uh, I end up just taking a lot of pictures with my phone, so I'm thinking I could just take a picture with my phone, what I'm taking, then I can show it to you. Yes, (laughs) and then I will
1: know. And especially these, a lot of the -the over-the-counter cough and cold medicines are combination where they have multiple things in it. Mm -hmm. And you know, I will stand there in the cough and cold aisle. And I am staring at, you know, five different boxes, and I'm like, how are these different? Mm-hmm. I'm reading, they have the exact same amount of the active ingredients, but this one says it's for a cough and cold. This one says it's for severe flu. This one says it's for, you know, so it's very confusing even for me sure. to read the labels. I'm trying to figure out, well, why is this one $8 and this one 7 and this one's 10 Yes, but they all have the same active ingredients. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And this one's labeled for cough. And this one's labeled for flu. And this one's labeled for severe sinus and allergy, you know, but if you look at them, a lot of them are um, very similar. And, And I remember a mentor of mine he said, you know why there's so many things in the pharmacy? He's like, because none of them work all that well. <laughs> <laughs> said, if there was one that was clearly superior to all the rest, <laughs> that would be the one that would sell out, and we won't need all of these competitors sure. or these me-too medications. Mm. So find something that works for you and, and stick with it, because but do look at labels because you may be thinking you're getting something because this one says cough and cold and this one says sinus and allergy. They may have the same medicines in it and you may accidentally end up overdosing, which is really bad if you're overdosing on medications like Benadryl. Mm. A Benadryl overdose is very, very severe and actually can be fatal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And unfortunately, there was a TikTok challenge for kids taking Benadryl mm. and it it gives nasty hallucinations, incredible dry mouth. Like I said, there has been a a teenager that died, a Mm. 14-year-old that died doing a TikTok challenge of overdosing Benadryl. Mm -hmm. So you do not want to overdose on Benadryl and it's in a lot of combination medications. So you have to be careful. It can cause a lot of drowsiness, a lot of dizziness. Uh, dry mouth, like I said, at uh, toxic doses, hallucinations.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds like a good thing if you are shopping some of those things, the golden flu aisle or whatever, to maybe just even check in with the pharmacist yes. to make sure, like, can I take this yes. together? Is this Pharmacists okay?
1: are my best friend. They mm-hmm. are so smart and mm-hmm. they are so good, and I am so grateful that we have them. If you have a question, ask a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Really, they're really good at explaining things and knowing how things work. Um, yeah, I, I love. I talk to the pharmacist all the time at the hospital. I'll be like, "Hey, Steve, can you can you help me out here? I yes. have a question." Yep. So they are so well educated in just
0: medications to make sure that you're doing what's safe. Yeah, excellent. Mm-hmm. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now with any questions you may have at six zero five. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like pipes, and cigars are breathing secondhand smoke or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these, these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov slash quit. Your provider at the Avera Medical Group Is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697 9500 for an appointment. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio.
0: I'm Laura Ellsworth and Prairie Doc physician Jill Cruz is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605 692 1430. 605 692 1430. Love those questions we've been getting in today. Thank you, everyone. This is very fun. Calling in with those. Uh, Dr. Cruz, I want to talk a little bit about your television show, your. Planning for tomorrow night. Tell us about it. Yes. So uh, we are
1: talking about uh, arteries, capillaries, and veins. Oh my. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we will have Dr. Angelo Santos from uh, Dakota Vascular and Dr. Mark Fleming from North Central Heart. And we're going to talk about vascular health. So, you know, peripheral artery disease, varicose veins, um, you know, venous insufficiency, carotid artery disease, all the things that can go on with the Cardiovascular system aside from the heart. So we talk about the heart all the time. Now, all of the uh, unsung heroes of the veins and arteries and, and capillaries will get some, some time in the
0: spotlight. Excellent. Your essay this week focuses on varicose veins. Yes. Tell us about varicose veins. What what are they? <clears throat> so varicose veins are the
1: veins um, in your legs when they actually end up getting swollen and stretched out due to the valves that close the veins and uh, keep the backflow pressure um, when your heart isn't beating from pulling all that blood down to your feet with gravity. So these valves close, keep the blood from going back kind of like a lock and dam system Mm -hmm. so if those valves over time get damaged either due to age or due to high blood pressure or other uh, vascular issues they can start leaking where they don't seal all the way shut and then when they leak extra blood flows backwards that doesn't get um, kept at that level and then those veins can bulge out and then you get those big kind of look like big ropes kind of um under the skin that can cause that and they can be painful they can cause aching swelling itching burning sometimes they can ulcerate and break open mm-hmm. and cause sores that have a hard time healing um, can make it a uh, heaviness in the legs make it painful to walk and mm-hmm. increase swelling in the legs
0: mm-hmm. so what can we what should we do if we start noticing we have varicose veins yep. and is it important to have them treated or yeah. not. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's The
1: very, very tiny ones, the spider veins are more mm-hmm. cosmetic, mm-hmm. but that can be kind of the warning sign that it will get worse over time and in the future. Um, so we talk about wearing compression stockings. So anything that kind of squeezes those veins a little bit closer together so those valves should be able to seal tightly, mm-hmm. that will help with that. So compression stockings, elevating the legs above the level of the heart for 10 to You know, 20, 15 minutes, somewhere in there, you know, about two times a day can be helpful with this. And if those modalities aren't working, you're having the pain, the aching, you know, talking with your doctor and seeing a vascular surgeon. Because there's a lot of things that they have available that can treat this. Mm -hmm. Some more,
0: you know, minimally invasive up to maximally invasive with surgery. So I've heard of a couple different Mm -hmm. older people in my life who, you know, maybe aren't as mobile as they used to be. And they're sitting in a recliner. Mm -hmm. But they don't put their legs up. Put your legs up. Put our legs up. Put your legs up. I, <laughs> that's what I've been learning. Uh, yeah. So talk a little bit more about why, mm-hmm. uh, if we have these lovely recliners, why it Use is a them. good idea to put our legs up. <laughs> so if you put your legs up, then
1: again, the legs aren't dangling in that dependent position. And that's where you get the um, swelling. Mm-hmm. So if your legs are up, then they're at least not fighting completely against gravity and the blood won't pull down there. You won't have the swelling. So with any sort of edema, whether it's due to varicose veins or lymphedema, which again, you've got lymph vessels very similar to veins that can get swollen and cause lower extremity swelling. um, If you have that legs up, then they don't have to fight against gravity. They just have to move horizontally. Mm -hmm. So that is, um, you know, the amount of it's less work to get that swelling down, and that will help with things. So elevating your legs is a very easy way to help with this.
0: Yeah. Falling asleep with our legs in a chair down. Probably not ideal, right? Not ideal. We want to get those legs. We want to get them up. We don't want to... be sitting Mm -hmm. there for hours. If we can have them. If we can prop them up, great. Right. Okay. Uh, Well, Dr. Cruz, we're just about out of time. Is there anything else you want to mention about um, varicose veins or arteries before we, what we're hoping to learn tomorrow? I I think it's going to be a very uh, informative show. We'll talk about kind of the
1: importance of what we can do to help this out because when your legs hurt it's hard to stay active and then it kind of turns into this cycle where you you don't walk because it hurts and then it hurts more because you don't walk. Mm-hmm. So the more you walk and exercise that actually helps your muscles also help move this blood up and can help with that swelling. So
0: you know, not treating it can uh, cause it to get worse. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we have a real theme going on in the Prairie Doc world these past few weeks. We had a couple weeks ago as Dr. Evans, we were talking about orthopedics and the Mm -hmm. importance of keeping moving uh, to keep uh, as we age. And then uh, last week, we were talking about obesity and the importance of movement in uh, obesity Mm -hmm. prevention and keep us moving. And now we're talking varicose veins and our arteries and veins and the importance of keeping moving
1: yes and <laughs> dr Holm was a big proponent of exercise and activity and walking
0: right. and you, you
1: can see why because it affects overall health so well, I mean, mm-hmm. mental health—if you're up and walking and moving and exercising—so there's so much that it can help with. Mm-hmm.
0: All right, well, we'll keep keep moving. Keep <laughs> we moving. We're gonna do what we can to keep moving. Thanks, <laughs> Dr. Gruetz. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for on-call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Join us tomorrow, October 12th, for another new live on call with the Prairie Doc. Prairie Doc host Dr. Jill Cruz, with guests Dr. Angela Santos from Dakota Vascular and Dr. Mark Fleming from North Central Heart, will talk with us about vascular health and take viewer questions. Tune in for Arteries, Veins, and Capillaries. Oh my! Starting at 7 p.m. Central on SDPB Television or streaming on our Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc Library visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Duck wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Jill Cruz for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out
1: there, people.